Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. I'm sorry, this is not. So who was Absalom? Absalom was David's third son. The Bible tells us he was especially handsome, the best-looking man in the kingdom, according to many. His pride and glory was his hair. He wore it long, but every year he had it cut, and they would pick up five pounds of hair off the floor after his hair got cut. Now, Absalom began to show off. He got himself a chariot and 50 men to go in front of him as he went through the town, Everybody pay attention to him. And he began to undermine David's popularity with the people. After four years, he established himself in Hebron and led a rebellion that caused David to flee from Jerusalem over the Mount of Olives and eventually to end up at the Jordan. Through a combination of spies and bad advice, Absalom attacked David and his forces at the Ephraim Wood and was soundly defeated. Despite David's direct order, Absalom, whose beautiful hair got stuck in an oak tree, was killed, and as you heard today in the first lesson. So the lesson ends with David's cry of grief, a cry of grief that echoes through the centuries. Whether we have experienced the death of someone we love dearly, or the little death of divorce, moving, losing a job, the breakup of a relationship, or even suddenly having an empty nest, one way or another, grief is a part of our lives. In the last two weeks alone, I have been to a funeral and had the death of two people that I knew. But grief is a funny thing. First of all, it makes no judgments. Even though Absalom rebelled and led a rebellion against David, David loved him and grieved nonetheless. And no two people grieve in the same way. But there are common features, stages, if you will, that have been noticed and commented on. How many of you have heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? Well, she wrote a book and identified five stages of grief. I like another book better. It's called Good Grief by Granger Westberg, who was a pioneer in the chaplaincy movement, a pastor and a seminary and medical school professor. And he had this to say about grief and faith. Faith plays a major role in grief of any kind but not in the way some people think. They often seem to have the idea that a person with strong faith does not grieve and is above this sort of thing. But religious faith has never said that a true religious person does not grieve. What it has said is that there are good ways and bad ways to grieve and what a person considers to be of most importance will affect the way he grieves. People who sorrow from whatever cause 
tend to follow a pattern that includes several stages. And Westberg identifies 10 instead of five of them. But before I list them, let me make it clear that not everyone experiences all the stages, nor do they necessarily occur in the order that's described. In my experience, grief is a process that first off takes time. It repeats itself. It jumps ahead. It goes quiet and then resurfaces when you least expect it. But I find it helpful to know the stages, if only to know that I am normal. Westberg's stages are shock, emotionality, depression and loneliness, maybe physical symptoms, panic, guilt, anger and resentment, resistance to returning to normal, hope, and the struggle to affirm reality. Just that list is enough to show how complicated grief can be. I've seen those stages in myself. I was driving down Peachtree Road the other day, and I was passed first by a Porsche and then by a Maserati. <laughs> and I thought, I've got to tell Bill when I get home, he will be just overwhelmed. Bill was my husband. He died a little less than two years ago. I was very angry with him when I had to have surgery. After all the times that I had taken care of him, he was supposed to be there when I needed him to, be take, to take care of me, but he wasn't. So I know you too have experiences you can tell of moments or days of grief, no matter their cause, but the process is important. Westberg says to say a person is deeply religious and therefore does not have to face grief situations is ridiculous. Not only is it totally unrealistic, but it is also incompatible with the Christian message. Jesus wept. These words describe a man who, when grief came, was able to weep, for he wanted and needed to express the feelings within him. Paul says, grieve not as those who have no hope. But then Westberg adds, but for goodness sake, grieve when you have something worth grieving about. And that leads me to today's gospel. We are a people of hope because Jesus has told us, very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. That for me is the first part of hope. When someone we love dies, Jesus tells us, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. But this is the bread that came down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Whoever died, wherever they were on their faith journey, Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life, and through him is the promise of eternal life. The second part of hope also comes from the gospel, which gives those of us left behind the knowledge that we can share in Jesus the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Throughout the grief process, we hunger and thirst for what we have lost. Loss, especially death, leaves a hole in our lives. But with the eyes of faith, we can see how Jesus helps us deal with that hole. For me, it was a gift of candles from the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem that had been lit in Bill's memory. It was FaceTiming with my daughters and their children. It was a friend who invited me to dinner and came to my apartment door so that I wouldn't have to walk down to the dining room alone. It was Simon asking me to play a larger part in the life of the church, which gave me additional purpose. And it was the presence of Jesus all the way along in prayer and in Eucharist. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, the cry of anguish that starts the grief process is the beginning of a journey. Jesus, the bread of life, is there all along the way and is the strong center we can rely on when everything is changed and uncertain. And through him, we can find new life and a deeper faith. May you find hope and faith and the presence of Jesus in whatever loss may impact your life. Amen.